0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this free episode of TF. It is me, Riley, and I'm joined in studio by Hussein. Hussein, how's it going?
1: Uh, I was made to do this. (laughs) I'm I'm very mad that you made me do this. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I now well look I now have a day job which means that I only get like a certain period of time off and I enjoy that time off. I go for a walk, I go like see the birds. Today I had to do this thing that we're gonna talk about and I'm still really pissed about it. So <laughs> you had to watch yeah. a
0: good movie is what you mean. You had to watch a great well, movie that you loved.
1: Well, that's uh, uh. No,
2: I <laughs> you no, had to no, learn no, a around. lot two, Riley. I'm also very mad at you. Um, I'm on Riley's side. I just want to thank you for making me watch this. I had a great time. I really Stockholm enjoyed it. Stockholm syndrome rears its head within the first minutes of the episode. Look, I know,
1: I know, I know. When you go on other people's shows, you sort of have to give them politeness every so <laughs> often, but you don't have. In this particular instance, you really don't we, have. To. Yeah, just the thing, go the thing
3: is right. Riley, uh, he's on some dark triad shit, right? He loves to torment our guests with like sadistically like things he's found. He does this to Nishku. Kumar too, and in fact, we're gonna do that again next episode we record. He just makes him read or like be subjected to the worst books he can find, and he's just done it with like a whole new medium now.
0: <laughs> That's right. Um, it's myself uh, trapped with me in the puzzle box. Are as I said, Hussein, as you heard, Alice, and very excited for the the first time ever. Uh, we are, are, are very excited uh, to have Aaron and Sean from the Seriously Wrong podcast, and now the creators of Papa and Boy
2: on Means TV. How's it going, guys? Doing well. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us on.
4: Yeah, it's going pretty good. I, I would say that I enjoyed watching the documentary, but like in a twisted kind of way. Like, <laughs> you, uh, Sean watched it twice. I watched so it twice. <laughs> so I tried That's to
3: watch it twice. Up. You come out of it thinking like, crime is funny, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
4: There's something going on in this movie, though. There's something really going on here that needs to be unpacked through That's repeat true. viewings, I think.
3: I, I don't agree with repeat viewings. To me, it's like radiation. You know, I've had my like lifetime dose of this movie, but it is, it did end up being more important to talk about than I thought it would be.
0: That's right. Uh, You may be wondering, uh, if you haven't read the description or title of this episode, if it auto-played in your ears maybe and you haven't looked at it, what movie are they talking about? And the movie we're talking about is called Coin, a founder's story about the creation of Coinbase, the the large cryptocurrency exchange. I remember them
3: coming Uh, up in some of our news segments for entirely positive reasons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A, a show, a company that we thought was great. It's really, it's uh, like one of those
3: uh, like promotional reels for like a a newly urban planned city that immediately decayed. That it's like a city on the up with a big sort of like thumbs up kind of thing.
4: But then the the movie actually came out after it decayed, and they just didn't mention that at all. They just. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, this is like, this is like the movie that they make in like day two of Neon being a yeah, going concern yeah. gets released on day five of Neon being a I, I mean, a going I, guess, I guess we should
3: just say this up front. This movie ends with the funniest set of title cards I've ever seen, <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. the, the whole point of the movie is sort of like boundless optimism. And then it ends with, uh, and then crypto crashed again, wiped something like a billion dollars off the value of this company. And they had to lay off a bunch of their stuff.
0: Yeah, but but it's still being used by over 100 million people who definitely are still active on on crypto
4: for sure. They are the modern day Mujahideen. And China banned it. And then we raised money using it for Ukraine. The end.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kind of coming around on
4: on China because of this.
0: (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I have a lot to think about about this movie it really i i went into it being like all right this is going to be just like a puff piece made that like we're like clearly the founder of this company must have hired a director who did i don't know just pulling some random stuff out of the out of the air a bunch of commercials and then a puff piece for google to do a puff piece about like how he's cool and regular basically Um, also
3: the the first thing you should know about this guy who we're mostly following his name's brian armstrong and he looks like some kind of defective fuckbot he looks like fucking he, he looks like someone tried to uh, like make an android agent 47 and then just got really bored and gave it anxiety as a joke. It's kind of like
1: the midway the mid the midpoint of the Benjamin Buttoning Yeah, like when you sort of reach your sort of awkward thirties, forties stages. For
3: for a man who is entirely bald, it's weird to call him alarmingly bald because you think all of the alarm (laughs) has already happened. But you'd be wrong about that. It still feels precipitous.
0: (laughs) So, uh, I just want to (laughs) turn. I just, I just want to turn. I think to our guest just for a little bit of like. A summary. How did you feel about this this film? You said you wanted. There was some stuff you had to unpack before we delve into, you know, pulling in a park, going scene by scene, thinking about the characters, what their motivations, some of the filmmaking choices. Uh, yeah, that's right. What do you think needs to be? Is the most interesting thing to pull out of it?
4: Well, I think it's a heartwarming story of an easily persuaded dupe who became a multi-billionaire against all odds, <laughs> uh, despite having no good ideas because he hit the ground floor of a speculative bubble. And from the start of the movie, it's sort of like, why am I watching this guy? It almost feels like a movie within a movie. Like, when, like, the, the, it's like, who is this guy and why am I watching him? And he, it's like, it's sort of like he's trying to be relatable, but he's also being put up on this pedestal as this incredible genius, but it's not clear what he did and it's a movie i guess about economic freedom and money at the speed of email which is something i think we can all get behind
3: <laughs> he sa- he says the line money at the speed of email about 50 times in this movie
4: <laughs> yeah that's- it's never been my issue with money.
2: I think, besides all the Bitcoin propaganda, like one of the main things I felt coming out of the end of this movie was just like sad for all these people who seem like they genuinely want to make the world a better place. Like a lot of the people who are talking him up are talking up like how awesome Bitcoin is going to be. And like, I don't know how serious they all are, but like some of them felt serious to me. And it's just like feels like all this wasted energy being put into this system that is like, clearly not better than the system we currently have which is already not good but like i don't know I, it makes me sad to see people who seem like they genuinely want to make the world a better place and i'm not necessarily talking about brian like maybe he does i don't know i have suspicion for tech ceos on principle but uh like a lot of the like more lower down kind of lower rung of people they're interviewing and stuff like there's this one group scene where they're like all sitting around talking about how Bitcoin is going to like make the financial system more equal for everyone. And this, I'm like, uh, uh, that energy could be put somewhere better. There's a bunch of people who are like
3: uh, talking about like international human rights. And they're like, well, this would be better if we applied Bitcoin to it. You know, you can fund a resistance <laughs> movement with Bitcoin. And I'm just looking at this, I'm just putting my head in my hands, like, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, Bitcoin sure, is why not. a human well, rights tool. Yeah, they say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's sure it is. Sure uh, it is. That's and that's what really captures like strikes me about the crypto thing. One of the reasons I keep coming back to it, right, is that I think there there is a kind of I it's sort of a trap for like for STEM people who are, want to think that they can engineer a solution to social problems without considering. Anything well, the, social. The, the,
3: the crux of this movie, I would say, is when they talk to one of the like 50 guys they get to hype Bitcoin, who says, Well, the thing about Bitcoin, the reason why it's so so cool and why it's the future and why it's transformative, is because you don't have to trust anyone. And I'm immediately like, yeah, I see why all these sort of like isolated weird nerds like it. Uh, but the reason why you don't have to trust anyone is is because it's just done on technology. And the technology doesn't have any motives other than checking that the numbers match. The technology is neutral. So, therefore, you don't have any personal motives. You don't have any personal interactions in there whatsoever. And trust is a solved problem. And then the rest of the movie is about them eating shit because of people.
4: Yeah, well, there's like this fundamental paradox, and like the reason that. Brian and people like him are drawn to Bitcoin is because it's this, this, this trustless system without the need for banks. And then so his solution is like, I'm going to make a bank of Bitcoin, a trustable third party to make sure that people can actually access it. Because currently if your hard drive crashes, you might lose your Bitcoin. Whoops. So we're going to invent something that's like a trusted third party, almost like the regular financial system. So he's like his whole premise. And then I'm going to go to Washington and get them to regulate it. Like the, the whole premise of his business the whole thing that made him a billionaire is directly undermining the exact argument for bitcoin that people make
0: well it's like the whole the, the thing i think to remember right the thing that made him a billionaire is that if you remember what coinbase's business model right is that it just takes transaction fees whenever people are buying and selling cryptocurrency which means that all it really does, all it really ever was was it was just a very specific stock brokerage for one stupid kind of security for a company that doesn't exist and does not.
3: Yeah, if you wanted to invest in something stupid, then you you know, Coinbase was where you went to do it and they made a lot of money off of that.
0: Yeah, that's that's basically what it what what how he made his money. And so you and so and how he made his money is that people kept on looking at the news, seeing how expensive Bitcoin was, putting two data points together and extrapolating that. Again, not because they were stupid, but because The way that Bitcoin is talked about, not just in this movie, but every fucking time you see it written about in the mainstream media, it's talked about as though, wow, can nothing stop Bitcoin's meteoric rise? I sure would hate to be too late to this particular money party. I have to
3: deploy a particular bit of financial jargon, which is sort of quite morally loaded and I think reflects on the fact that finance people are all, you know, amoral pieces of shit, which is that like, yeah, people who, you know, invested in Bitcoin and like used Coinbase and stuff weren't stupid aren't stupid but they are in the financial sense dumb money right they're, they're they're not like investors who are familiar with investing typically which is which was like a thing that he touted all the time that like this this was going to democratize finance that it was going to get like uh the little guy who was being shut out by the banks and foreclosed on it was going to get him like investing and and then the little guy you know uh lost whatever he had recouped after the bank took his house when crypto collapsed, so... Thanks. When you,
2: when you look at the history of like, there, there was this huge crypto exchange in Canada called Quadriga that went down and like all the other crypto scams and like little coins people have made for pump and dump schemes and stuff. The idea that crypto is this inherently trustless system just because it's decentralized and there's no like central point where you can interfere with the system or whatever is just like not actually true at all. You actually do have to trust third party things and having a ruthless machine logic of the blockchain system setup actually isn't like good for everything because yeah you can just like lose your wallet on your computer like sometimes it's actually good to have a way to interfere in systems to benevolently right wrongs or correct mistakes uh, that like uh, the machine logic of this perfectly engineered system is making because it doesn't have that like human ability to realize oh this is what happened we need to like change this thing and like it's not actually a benefit of systems like that it's a well
0: it's the way i see it right is it's a beautiful and very well worked out technology that is a model of human behavior that like some people theoretically conform to sometimes that as soon as it gets put out into the world immediately just explodes into all of this madness and then it's, uh, and as you say, right, the, the pump and dump schemes, the little shit coins, the exchanges that were just um, theft, all of the like sort of insider dealing about NFTs as well. I mean, they talked to Vitalik Buterin as well, you know, all of that. Like, it's all that model of human behavior when it crashes into reality sort of produces all of these strange outcomes. And I, but this movie, it, what it really is about. Is It's the hero's story of the man whose job is to never notice that. Yes. Yeah,
3: because it, essentially it's his, like, rags to riches, or at least, you know, sort of comfortable to riches story. And I I really, I, I hate everyone in this movie who's on screen for any length of time. Just inherently, I, I hate the stupid things they say to each other. I hate the way they think those things are profound. Um, I, I, I just, oh my God. But so uh, Brian Armstrong, right? He grows up in California and then he, he goes to college. He tries making some money, but he's like the payment processing system is inefficient and it makes him feel
0: like a criminal because it's socialist. uh, Odds, odds on that that's a real origin story. I was like, oh, the pay. If only it was more trustless. Yeah, PayPal. Oh, I hate that there's no cryptography. Well, involved. PayPal hadn't
3: been invented yet. So he had to, like, report things to an actual bank and the actual bank made him feel bad. So,
4: yeah, Um.
0: <laughs> well, it all, also, it's I think it's worth pointing out, right, that, like, yeah, all of these actual banks fucking suck.
4: Yeah, but right, they have but, some
3: actual sort of like regulatory compliance yeah, that they have but, to like at least perform,
4: right? They protect their <laughs> user's <laughs> account at a very basic level. Like you you never put $20 into your bank account and then you come back and like, oh, it turns out this bank was a scam. Your $20 is gone.
3: <laughs> My temporary <laughs> or, or at high at least, balance protection.
0: <laughs> or at least not anymore. <laughs> like we used to do that back when things were more like cryptocurrency. <laughs> um, but... You know, there is this. Um, I think there, there's this, there's this sense, right, where the problem with, and we've said this before about cryptocurrency, right, is that the assumed problem about banks is that their institutions and institutions are human and therefore unpredictable. Um, and so you know, oh, if only the the fact that there is this third party intermediating between me and these other people to solve a social trust problem with spending money, right? Money's not at the speed of email; it's at the speed of mailing some bills through the well, mail or, well, or this, whatever. This, this, this movie, at
3: the speed of this movie amount. makes a more developed argument, which is that banks are bad because they have architecture.
0: Oh, we'll get to that. Um, But as you say, right? This is um, this kid who's like who's a shy kid, but with good ideas, but nobody listened to him. Which is just being a kid.
3: He also never seems that shy. At one point, he says, "I probably have Asperger's or something." He displays like no visible signs of this whatsoever. He he's actually kind of an extrovert who made an entire movie about how he has anxiety, which is relatable in that sense.
0: <laughs> uh, so, oh yeah, uh, but as as we're starting, right? Um, he 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 does like a couple of scenes where he's like do, doing his takes about how he's presenting Coinbase, where he's like Coinbase is a company with an ambitious vision, uh, where where. Where we want everyone with a smartphone to have access to financial services by building an open financial system for the world, they'll be like, "Wait, you want, can I take that again? I'm regular." Oh, boy! You know, he's, he's he has the affect of like the klutzy female lead in a romantic comedy mm-hmm. who's like has one who's like one thing where she all oh, she she's kind of you know clumsy, she falls over a lot, she's human. And he's like, I will stumble over two sentences. He's
1: Anne Hathaway with glasses <laughs> in the princess. <laughs> Is it what what was it called? The princess, but I didn't know what it was yeah. called.
0: An Hathaway glasses movie. Yeah, Yeah. you look it up. (laughs)
4: When when they pivoted from that sort of like relatable speech to playing home movies of him as a kid, I actually gasped. I was like, (laughs) oh my god, they're doing what did they do to you? You know,
3: (laughs) (laughs) they took this seemingly normal kid and they turned him into a fucking tech (laughs) CEO.
1: He had so. Well, the first thing I had was like, he had so much hair. What happened? But that's like what I really was like sort of mad about watching the film it was like at no point did it explain how he got his his head was so shiny. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, he, he shined it up. Uh,
0: but I, I want to ask actually before we delve in one more thing, which is I want to ask everyone here. Who do you think this movie is for? I think it's for him. I think
3: it's a vanity project yeah. for a man who insists that he has no vanity. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I read a thing saying that he was worried about how they made Mark Zuckerberg look bad in the social network and wanted to, like, tell his own story. Um, I I can't imagine who would want, like, even if you love crypto and, like, how would this be, like, that entertaining to you? Like, I find this incredibly
1: funny as well, because I remember when the social network came out and, um, like, for the computer science students I was, like, living with at the time at uni, like... It was that classic thing of like they watched the film and they didn't really understand like what the message like behind like what was actually going on. It's not a subtle movie, though. No, it's not. But they were very kind of like fascinated. They they were just very enthralled by all the sort of like Fincher aesthetics, and they were just then they sort of use that as like the example of like oh this is why startups are so cool and why you should go work in tech because you can live in a house and like break the chimney or like do whatever. Like I yeah, just like all the kind of party scenes in that film. Um, And I just found it very, because I I was just thinking after watching this, like, he would have been better off, like, just getting someone to make a movie about him where he was the villain, because at least he would seem cooler, right? That's true. Absolutely right. That's a hundred percent true, right? It's like the same with like those other sort of like new limited series on all the um uh, on all the like the CEO that have all gone to jail, like the uh, the Theranos girl, and there was like the Joseph Gordon Levitt one where he plays the guy who runs Uber, and they both are sort of presented as like like liars and psychopaths and all that stuff, and like infinitely it's like okay, well. Yeah, I sort of know that what they did was bad, but they looked and seemed a lot cooler and they seemed like they were having more fun. And like, this is the thing about the film. He doesn't actually seem like he's having that much fun. No, he has anxiety. Like all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's an incredibly Protestant movie in that way. Like, don't worry, I'm not
1: enjoying any of this.
0: (laughs) This is a struggle for me.
1: It's in fact it's harder because I'm burdened with all of this money. But the thing with the crypto stuff is that like part of the reason again, I I wasn't really that interested in like most of the crypto stuff uh happening like over the past kind of year and a bit. But like the thing that people kept sort of saying about why you should get involved in it was that oh, it's just like a really fun community to be in and it's like such an exciting place to be, right? But that's kind of what they were arguing about, like oh web 3 and like all the ape bullshit. Like mm. it's you know, we're actually having a really it's, great it's time one in big Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's just like, this guy is taking himself so seriously that like, I'm just not convinced that even if, you know, even if Bitcoin was the future, I just don't want to it. it's just, it's just be. Yeah, he,
3: he, look, he looks like he like gets home from the office and spends the rest of his night standing in front of the mirror, waxing his own scalp.
0: <laughs> See, my, I, I'm sorry, uh, guys, what do you think the, who do you think this film is for?
4: I imagine the main audience of this movie is like a thousand years down the road when the world is like a pockmarked apocalyptic wasteland (laughs) and crypto manages every detail of our lives uh, through like polluting systems that the main audience is like the huddled masses of that world trying to understand their great founder and leader, uh, the creator of Coinbase, who got us all started on this trajectory.
2: I could imagine a crypto entrepreneur wannabe who looks up to Brian Armstrong, who's been waiting for this documentary to come out. He read on the the Coinbase blog that it was coming and he's just like, you know, I want to know what it takes to start my own company. And and finally, that answer is here. It's in this coin documentary. Mm. Yeah. All all it takes to start your own company is um, already work
0: in the tech industry and have tech industry connected parents. And also be in 2010.
2: <laughs> That's what it takes. And get get a get a co-founder who worked for a bank before. Who I think oh what we'll, it was we'll, or oh, like the fucking co-founder? Yeah. yeah,
0: that
3: guy's so regular. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll get into this because there is one other detail that I want to pull out here, which is after he uh, graduates college and he like winds up his online business tutoring because he doesn't like that the bank makes him do paperwork. He goes, to, he goes to Buenos Aires, and while he's there, he looks at the Argentinian economy, with its hyperinflation, and he goes, you know what this needs? It needs
0: libertarianism. <laughs> <laughs> it is clearly too much government, he, he said, yeah, ignoring yeah, yeah. The, every other factor. The, the currency fluctuates
3: so much that like menus can't even have printed prices. Uh, the solution for this, therefore- it's gonna have to be yeah. Bitcoin.
0: Hey, who owned? Who owned all of that? Like Argentine debt that was like made it basically I impossible for I them to run. Worry. I I don't. I mean, it couldn't possibly have mostly been um, U.S. based financial institutions that basically just like manipulated Argentina's debt for fucking decades. No, it's not, even it's couldn't be sorry, that. not even
3: like the tenth worst thing American economic libertarians have done to Argentina. Yeah.
4: It's It starts in this anti-state stuff. And then at the end of the movie, he's going to Washington to meet with Chuck Schumer to get what he calls regulatory clarity, which is him asking them to regulate Bitcoin. It's like there's this weird paradox. There's all these paradoxes inherent to his whole vision that like, this is why I rewatched the movie. I was like, there's something weird going on Mm -hmm. here. He's like this anti-state money thing. And then by the end of the movie, he's like... Making phone calls with Chuck Schumer, trying to get the whole industry regulated so he can have clarity and make more money.
3: This movie, this movie did achieve something I thought would be impossible, and it made me like Chuck Schumer a little bit because he's he's in this movie uh, twice, both times off camera, one time on the phone, one time uh, Brian gets out of a meeting with him, and both times he says as little as possible to him, and Brian is like <laughs> sort of trying to save face to the camera, like oh. That was Senator Schumer. He said his doors always open, which is a thing that people say when they want to talk to you
2: more. Yeah. Um, D- do you think he was not interested, or was he just like quietly considering what yeah. I'm saying? And, and the PR other person's like, "Oh, it was like, definitely yeah, just yeah. He was definitely yeah. quietly
3: considering what you had to say. Oh. He was very attentive.
0: <laughs> At one, one of the one of the like, yeah, seven people hired to like shield Brian Armstrong from the world and also make him look normal <laughs> was like, yeah, Chuck Schumer loved you too. Oh,
3: we, we'll we'll talk about. <laughs> (laughs) those people, because I have a big theory about those people as a sort of cottage industry.
4: (laughs) One more thing about this movie, the context, something I found out, is that the director brags in the press release in the trailer that he's a 10-time Emmy winner. I investigated this. Where did he get these Emmys? It turns out that they're all sports Emmys that he won in the 1980s as a producer for NFL TV. So Personally, (laughs) I don't... I don't find that to be an Emmy, personally. A sports Emmy is not.
3: Doesn't have enough concussions in it compared to the rest of his work.
2: <laughs> the ending point with the initial public offering where they're like bent over the computers and like, what's the price is going to be? And like, it is kind of shot like a sports document. I got real sports vibes from that. Mm, so that's that, that tracks to me.
0: Yeah. it's And I, I mean, look, there is you don't know how much CTE is or is not in that movie. It's just not on screen. <laughs> One of the things I noticed about Argentina, I actually copied down the line he says about Argentina, which is, one of the things I noticed about Argentina is that they have an amazing culture. Great. <laughs> cool. cool. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Very cool. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> he says, "I but I got to see what a poorly run monetary system was like. Again, yep, absolutely. Nothing but monetary there, my friend. And one thing <laughs> that stuck with me was that they didn't believe the future could be better. Mm. they needed the sudoku money
3: yes yes they did because he is at heart an optimist yeah. Oh, um.
0: fundamentally yeah I, I, and that's actually what one of the one of the things I, I i wanted to sort of bring in as well right which is uh this is actually a theory that alice you and i worked out uh earlier today while talking about this movie yeah and how much i hated it yeah is is how little power brian armstrong actually has how unrelated yes. his own vision of the world his own optimism is to anything that coinbase actually did anything well, he actually did
3: yeah th- this was this is something that i would kind of like long suspected but this movie more or less confirmed for me which is that like you can be a ceo you can have a multi-billion dollar net worth but it can translate to Absolutely no real influence, and that includes like popular fame. Like I don't really think that Mark Zuckerberg or even Elon Musk, in a lot of ways, have a lot more like market influence than Brian Armstrong does what I came away from it with is that we have a centrally planned economy. It's just centrally planned in places like, you know, monetary policy committees and, you know, the, the finance ministry of Saudi Arabia uh, and, like, a bunch of other different places like that where there's sort of, like, functionaries and chancelleries and stuff. And they make the actual decisions. And meanwhile, the, the Brian Armstrongs of the world, their only real job is to sort of, like, live in this gilded cage and try and be
0: normal. <laughs> yeah, Because, like, if you think about about it none of the visions of that that were involved in crypto were anything other than incidental to its rise there, it's yeah. just it was the if if you were thinking about all the money flowing after 20, 2008 did uh, this huge period of balance sheet expansion it found the lowest point right and it filled those low tide pools which is where all these crypto people were and then it lifted them to the top and it sort of tricked them into thinking that like there's something to it yeah, well he's 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 like he's powerful but he's powerful in the way that like a, uh, you know,
3: an 18th century king is powerful, which is to say yeah, people have to like suck you off a bit, but like how much work do you actually see him do day to day? The people who actually like make decisions have to, you know, sit in front of a computer or like make phone calls or whatever. They have to actually do that. You need to have someone who does that full-time, you need to have like a a von Metternich, you need to have like a chancellery underneath you, and you need to have a guy just on top who's just gonna walk around in a t-shirt and say yeah, that's great, I'll give you some feedback on that
2: Yeah, well, he's busy meeting with, like, his coach guy who's, like, teaching him how to be a CEO because he specifically says that he's bad at it and he knows he's bad at it, but he wants to do it anyway. So,
3: in in, in a slice of where the real, sort of, power lies, like, the reason why Coinbase becomes big is because it gets its uh, its VC funding, it gets its Series A funding, and that's the thing that allows it to, to become big. And then his VCs, his venture capitalists, they provide this army of... PR guys and security guys and uh, life coaches and therapists. We see like a parade of like five different therapists going in and out with this guy And at one point he says to himself, it's like a hostage video, he says to himself quite sadly, yeah, well, I don't don't really code anymore, I haven't coded in like five years. And the the fucking therapist guy is like, no, be a fucking (laughs) Cro-Magnon, get mad at me, get in my face, you need to develop an oppositional defiant disorder, because that's what CEOs have. We don't need you to code, we need you to bully people, and you're going to fucking learn how to bully people. He just kind of like quite kind of like quite affably goes like, "Yeah, you're a, you're a piece of shit, and I I hate you." <laughs> I blame you
4: and myself. <laughs> we, 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 we I blame keep... myself for holding <laughs> on to this thing I'm not great at. Yeah, it's a direct quote. What does that What does that mean?
2: It. it, it, it... I don't understand why he fought for it. So like there's this whole section where they're talking about him and the other co-founder both wanted to be the CEO. And like only one of us could be the CEO, which also isn't true. Like you could technically have two CEOs. Some companies do it. Netflix has two CEOs. They could have been like, hey, we're breaking new ground. We're going to be co-CEOs. But no, someone has to be on top. Someone has to boss the other one around. That's how we run things here. But like. Why, if you want to code and your thing is like making security software, you're really good. You did security for Airbnb and now you've like prevented this website from being hacked too badly over the years. Uh, like, wh- why does he want to be the
4: CEO so badly? Because someone told a no mention to. of their dispute right yeah like why did they argue in the first place why did the other guy get pushed out they just don't mention that at all they're just like yeah one of us had to be ceo so i kicked him out and then later i paid him off so we could stay friends
3: we we see we see the like the reason why he gets a guy in the first place why he gets a co-founder is he he essentially goes to to the vc guys who he's talking to and he's like yeah no I'm, i'm badly in over my head i don't know what i'm doing you need to do something about this and they go we'll get you a second guy, um, <laughs> and 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 they find him a gamer. They find him this guy Fred, Fred Ursum yeah, um, who is like a sort of a, a badly Not... addicted World of Warcraft
0: <laughs> player. <laughs> World of Warcraft factors so huge in the development of crypto. It's so funny.
3: <laughs> yes, genuinely true. Yeah. I was talking about uh, v- Vitalik Buterin is is in Vitalik Vitalik, Vitalik Buterin. Buterin, yeah. Yeah, Vitalik Buterin is in this in this movie a couple of times and I was talking earlier before you before you came on about the fact that the reason he got into cryptocurrency and this is a direct quote from him was I happily played World of Warcraft during 2007 to 2010, but one day Blizzard removed the damage component from my beloved warlock's Siphon Life spell. I cried myself to sleep, and on that day I realized what horror's centralized services can
0: bring. (laughs) And then, basically, I invented Ethereum for J.P. Morgan. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're all like this. Yeah. But again, but the actual people profiting from it as ever, it's like, yeah, they're profiting from it hugely because they're like the figureheads. But a lot of the people profiting from it are the same banks that have been profiting from the same shit the whole time. Like, yeah, it, well, it, the,
3: the, the people who are profiting from it are the ones who get to like continue to make decisions, right? That yeah. everyone involved here is insanely wealthy. But we see these guys sort of like wandering around their empty, beautiful kitchens. And they 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 do nothing, absolutely nothing. Like the the guy has this therapist telling him to go Cro-Magnon. There's nothing for him to go Cro-Magnon on. What's he gonna do? Chuck Schumer's gonna pick up the phone to him and be like, "Hey, it was great seeing you. My door's always open." And he's gonna be like, "Don't ever talk to me, you piece of shit." Like, <laughs> there's there's nothing for you for him to do. It's purely a gilded cage.
0: Yeah. Uh. So we let, I have some quotes here. Uh, so, number one, how did he get the name for uh, Coinbase? Uh, he read it on the Wikipedia page for Bitcoin because he was just like looking at the Wikipedia page for Bitcoin one night. Just, I imagine, like, ah, I love you, Bitcoin.
3: <laughs> he, he, he hired uh, both their first employee and Fred, his co founder, because they both posted together on the Bitcoin subreddit. Yeah.
1: It's quite funny because it's because, had he been looking at another. Sp- part of the bitcoin wikipedia page this could have been Nons finance
2: yeah, that's true could it yeah. he even specifically says he thinks it's a bad name he's like i, I yeah, saw coinbase be- i thought it was a bad name yeah it should have been called Nods finance yeah.
0: it's like the one thing that you're supposed to do as the figurehead has come up with that kind of shit uh, but this is the quote from fred ursham directly he says i grew up on the internet and played way too many games one time, to try to stop me playing games, my mom shut down the circuit breaker for the whole house. So, as you say, Alice, badly addicted to World of Warcraft. Yeah, and
3: this is the, this is all yeah. under the sort of, like, inspirational epic music. And he kind of, like, smiles at the camera and gives it, like, the Kubrick stare. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit, this guy has what it takes to be a CEO. Instead of, like, holy shit, this guy's pathetic.
0: <laughs> so, what happens, right, is they, they create this... Um, they create this product. It scales. They need to hire people, but it's also kind of difficult, right? Because uh, I, sh-
3: I should yeah, also say ahead, about where, where Fred comes from, which is yeah, he he was he was like in college. He didn't really do much. He got a a bachelor's in computer science, and his dad gets him a job at Goldman Sachs, and then he just like quits because of a Reddit post to go and do this instead. They hire their first employee, who's literally is a lumberjack who's trading crypto in his spare time because he emails them and is like. Hey, hey, do you have any jobs and they need a third person to answer emails <laughs> yeah
0: it's like it's like I don't know you you've seen the um the, the what this whole scene the I was I was a lumberjack now I'm a billionaire scene reminds me very much of that scene in the big short right hmm. where the 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 hedge fund guys go down to Florida and they meet the mortgage brokers and one of them's like oh yeah we earn hundreds of thousand dollars a month. I was a bartender now I have a boat. It's kind of it's kind of the same thing, except because but that was the 2007 aesthetic where you could be big and flashy and brag about stuff, and now it's the same kind of thing, which is I happened to be in the right place at the right time where I was just carried up into the heavens by an asset bubble, Um, and now, but you have to talk about the inspiration, the vision. It's a time of. Incredible fake sincerity, I think.
3: Yes, and all of these fuckers say shit they think sounds sincere, mm-hmm. and none of it does. There's a bit. There's a bit at the end where uh, Brian and Fred are like walking awkwardly because, again, they all walk in incredibly fucked up ways. They walk like well, they Asimo. walk good. They
4: walk good. Feels good to be represented. <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're walking around the fucking chaparral in like Southern California. Uh, and, and just like looking at stuff, and everything they say is like what a dumb guy thinks a smart guy would say. <laughs> so they're just like pointing at like an old abandoned gold mine and going, Yeah, this is a pretty advanced technology for its time. Yeah. Uh, do you, what, do you, what do you think the, the, the pioneers thought about when they were out here? And it's just like, Oh my God. Uh, probably, dude. Probably, probably you never gold. see lizard eggs.
0: <laughs> Yeah. yeah how come you never see lizard tanks <laughs> yeah why is that though it's
3: a billionaire talking. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is like hundreds of thousands of times smarter than any of us by the market's (laughs) logic
0: yeah well you know what he's asking the important questions about lizard eggs and how you don't (laughs) see them that often
3: (laughs) i've never asked that before and that's why i'm not a billionaire
0: yeah well i'm gonna go on reddit and i'm gonna ask why no one ever saw lizard eggs and i'm gonna get into the bottom ground floor of the next asset bubble (laughs) um so but sort of proceeding on through the uh, through the sort of plot, as you can call it, that of the film, right? They, as you say, they get their Series A fi- uh, funding.
3: It's, it's um, not even really like a film; it's like a long promotional video. Oh, absolutely! Yeah,
4: it's it, it at every individual moment, it feels like a documentary, and the guys clearly got some experience like cutting together documentaries. But the overall arc of it is so bizarre. It's like he filmed two or three different Bitcoin movies and then tried to like put them all together instead of like making a clear through line so it goes in this weird directions like now the movie's about our friendship oh now we're talking to the planet Money guy about what money is oh now we're, we're talking about the, getting the the series A funding and it's like when when they finally got to the point where they had their public offering I was like oh this is what the movie's about okay Coinbase had a big public offering and like that's why this is all relevant but that's like an hour and ten minutes into the movie and I legitimately had no idea why the movie existed until then
0: uh, so I'll, I'll actually Tell you my theory of why this movie exists and who I think it's for, um, and that is in the sort of se- much of the second act. Right comes after the 2017 spike in value, um, when people start uh, when people start getting. Nervous about cryptocurrency, about whether or not it's a speculative bubble, about how it can be, and where lo- lawmakers are you are concerned about how it can be used to like finance criminal activity or like launder yeah, money. Yeah, you've this. got the
3: like Silk Road going yeah. on on the back of this
0: uh, and so, so on. So right, and 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 then also right, it then again it's what is so jarring for me as well is that because this is all in the context of what's going on at this one stupid company when they say you know up up. Um, like June 2020, and then like the, the footage of like the like George Floyd protests, is George Floyd is, is, is murdered in um in in Minneapolis, and that's to set up the 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 fucking Brian Armstrong being like, yeah, Coinbase isn't a woke company. <laughs> Um, Yeah, because like
3: we see an earlier sequence where he's like, it's so stressful being CEO, because you can say the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. and if you say the wrong thing then you get in trouble, and everyone gets mad at you. And then we cut to him saying the wrong thing, which (laughs) is, he's doing an all hands meeting, and they ask him if he supports Black Lives Matter, and he fucking tech industries the shit out of that, because he... Tries to say yes in a way that sounds like no. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's like, I kind of support, like, I'm, yeah. but I don't think that our company should be th-. And then, yeah. like, he just is like, no politics at Coinbase. We're a neutral mm-hmm. company. We don't get involved in these things. And, and like, I think by and I, you can see how he would think
0: that works, but obviously, it's completely like not how anything works. It's it, it's this the kind is- of
3: thing that you would think when you have been surrounded by CEO wranglers for like the past five years.
2: There's like the strangest interview with like someone who quit the company because of this, because of what he said about Black Lives Matter, where in one breath, she's like, I was angry at him. His position made me want to leave, but he did what he needed to do to shape his company the way he best saw fit. So they're (laughs) like playing him up as like, you know, he's coming into his own as a CEO by taking this stand against employees, taking stands about Black Lives Matter. Uh, it's, it's it's bizarre. Well, yeah, so, it was
3: such a like I would like to work in this industry again line.
0: Yeah, well, you know? yeah. <laughs> What I know well, yeah. the tooth. So there also the other sort of person I liked, which was it, the the woman, the other woman who said, you know, him saying that you had to censor all those views to work at at Coinbase, that wasn't very Bitcoin of him. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not very
3: libertarian of
0: you. Yeah, that's not that's not very Bitcoin, my friend. No, This is where it gets to who I think this movie is for. I think it's for prospective employees. I think that Coinbase is having trouble hiring. I base that on, on nothing. Well, they are now. Yeah. But um, I think that Coinbase is trying to appeal to the people it realizes it has been systematically alienating, which is people who went to college. They, they mm. Because they, they're like, oh yeah, Coinbase, it's like this kind of right-wing tech company. Um, and so they're like, actually, that was a mistake. We have a lot of people who said, hey, he was wrong, but he's learned his lesson. Also, he's an introvert um and uh, Chuck Schumer
3: yeah. said his door was open for <laughs> well, him Yeah,
0: and there are three direct interactions with elected politicians in that movie two of them with Democrats and then one of them Trump saying he's bad and then him saying I like the Trump said we're bad this is absolutely aimed at like people who are who, who he
3: wants to employ I think you're right, but the Trump thing is also really funny just on its own. This was when Trump was asked about crypto for the first time and just off the cuff was like, yeah, it's a scam. Which is, it's a perfect Trump answer because it's, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. You can't con a con artist, you know, and he's been doing this shit for 50 years or whatever by this point. (laughs) So of course he was like, yeah, no, it's a scam. Like you would know. It's perfect.
0: (laughs) Of course. Um, and, and so this is, but so this this is where this is my real theory of the movie that it's a please work at Coinbase. We're not so bad because they even right they even took pains to say that after people started working from home from COVID, they took pains to show that like Brian Armstrong was like I'm I thought it was really easy to work at home uh, after COVID, but maybe that's just because I'm a single guy living in a mansion in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> And i uh, I realized that some employees actually say they work better from home. So you can go to work from where you want. Please come work for Coinbase.
3: It's it's great because as soon as he says, I think it's I've actually been working better from home, one of the fucking CEO wranglers, one of the guys whose job it is to keep him normal, immediately interrupts on the call to be like, Yeah, well, I mean, you listen, you have you got it pretty good. And everybody else on the call has been calling in from a broom closet.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's very i mean it's very funny just to like just does if this is you know what it is also I, I hate to always go back to the simpsons but this is mr burns's movie for the springfield film competition where he just gets mm. dragged around by the horse and is like well we did 28 takes and this was the best one <laughs> <laughs> this, this yeah, is that, that- as normal as we could get him boys that's true
3: (laughs) he just genuinely he genuinely comes across as repulsive though is the thing because he's like he's weird and he's alienating but not in a way that makes you sympathize with him (laughs) instead in a way that like like makes you have contempt for him
1: well this is the other thing too because it's like and again going back to like social the social network and mm-hmm. how, like, the like Eisen, Jesse Eisenberg and Zuckerberg kind of exhibited, like, sort of similar traits in the sense of, like, this is someone who is deeply unlikable, someone who is, like, deeply, like, antisocial, someone who, like, you know, and, uh, yeah like but you can kind of I don't know if sympathize is the right word but you can sort of understand the motivations in the sense but like okay this is a kid who like clearly just wants to be invited to parties and like mm. his whole life has kind of been just the, other, the fact that he had to go to prom alone or something like that which like you I, can, you know, you can I sort guess. of empathize if you're a certain kind of guy who we don't endorse on this show like very clearly <laughs> as we're well to leave out but like the problem with this film is that there isn't really even when it comes to sort of like his awkwardness or his weirdness like again which is like very much like him trying to curate it to be more like b- more intense than it actually is. There's no sort of like understanding as to why he is the way he is. It's just like, yeah, here's this like weird kid who you're going to like spend an hour and a half of your time with and you're going to have to figure out why you sympathize with him and why you kind of think that his world vision is good because he surely isn't going to fucking articulate it.
4: <laughs>
1: and he's going to change his mind a bunch of times throughout this film. And throughout the entire process of him trying to figure out why he's doing this thing that he's doing, you're going to see a few people sort of get mad at him, but in ways that are like, yeah, he can be redeemed. But, and that was the thing. I I was just like very, I was just kind of frustrated because I was like, there are lots of lines here where I could sort of like get on board with you, but you just don't see it through. Mm. Right. You don't finish making your point. So even if it is a recruitment video, it's like, I genuinely think that, like, the social network was a better recruitment video to work in tech than this thing. Oh, 100%. Yeah, well, because it made it seem American dangerous. American
3: Psycho was a better <laughs> recruitment video to right, work in tech. fucking
1: yes. Yes, like, all these films were, like, they're genuine psychopaths. Like, here's the thing about these types of films. They're always going to be misconstrued and misinterpreted anyway, right, by the people who you want to work with. Wolf of Wall Street was like that. The Big Short was like that. Margin Core was like that. Like all these types of films have been in this genre. So you have like a blueprint you can work with. And like, to me, this just sort of, and when you asked like, before we sort of got on recording, like who is this film for? I'm sort of now on board in the sense of like, okay, like it probably is, they're probably just looking for people to work for them after like the shit show. But initially I kind of thought, okay, is it for true believers of crypto or like people who were true believers of crypto who are now kind of wavering about like their kind of obsession over the past like decade? is not what it kind of seemed well, they keep, it be.
3: They keep sort of like reeling out excuses for crypto. Right. Like every so often they're like, well, uh, yeah, electricity took decades <laughs> for the yeah, infrastructure yeah, exactly. to so, catch up. So, so
1: like, the, like the messages that they sort of give is like, yeah, like the people who really benefited from like all the technological advances were ones who like stayed really, who stayed as true believers in spite of everything that happened and in spite of all the initial failures, they sort of knew that like this technology was so revolutionary that it was gonna, you know, you may as well stay on yeah. board. Keep keep the faith. Keep circulating the tapes. And because, like, for something like Coinbase, you really need true believers for this, like, for this company to function, right? You absolutely need. So, like, I wonder whether this was like an appeal or an attempt to re-energize the kind of like, or to kind of like re uh, reiterate like the origin story that crypto true believers tell themselves mm-hmm. as to why like this is sort of like at the vanguard of the future.
0: Well, and I think I think that actually gets to like we we talk about this like why it's and and I think you you guys brought this up as well right? There's the optimism of it. That's why they can't make an actually appealing movie that appeals to like the full spectrum of human experience, including like the dark sides and why people sort of watch like Wolf of Wall Street and you're like, yeah, I actually want to do that because it's appealing to something basal in me, yeah, right? because he has he yeah. has no dark side. He has no base. Yeah, it's he, because the, fundamentally the crypto people are too. Committed to the idea, like their, their whole cell, right, is that they are, they they are inventing a future for everyone, and so it needs to be so eye-wateringly sincere. But I, I want to know what you guys sort of, what your guys take on that is as well. Why couldn't, why can't the crypto industry make its own Wolf of Wall Street or American Psycho?
2: Well, I mean, like, someone outside of the industry has to make... Like, if
4: you're making it
2: about yourself... Yeah, of course, that's you're not gonna, true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: I, I feel like if we took this exact footage, and we took this exact, you know, the exact footage made for this movie, and we gave it to... A competent uh, editor and gave him the ability to do research and find things out. Like, for example, MicroStrategy is hyped up, is investing all this money in Bitcoin. It's such a big deal. But then the movie doesn't mention that Bitcoin dropped by about a third since he invested and his company lost over a billion dollars on it. And like, that's the kind of thing that you want to put on one of the title cards. Or like, they had a public offering at $380. It's now several years later down to $70, meaning that. Brian started at like 13 billion he's now down to 3 billion and this all happened in between the time they filmed and when the movie came out and they didn't reflect it at all because they want to have this utopian vision of like it's this magical thing that makes everyone infinite money and just around the corner any day now it's going to democratize the world it's going to help the developing we're going to send it to Africa somehow and that's going to make everyone there happy uh like it's always like next week the utopian potential of bitcoin is finally going to come but until then a bunch of us early adopters become richer and richer
3: it's really funny it reminds me of one thing which was uh the the one place where they grapple with bitcoin crashing is they have a guy in to brief him on why bitcoin keeps crashing and the guy goes <laughs> yeah it's like it's like <laughs> commerce it's it's like commerce I imagine, which I used to work in, and then you get to Marker and he draws on the wall and he's like, yeah, it crashes. And then it goes up. And every time it crashes, it crashes to like a slightly higher level. So therefore, this is like actually stably increasing. It just has a boom and a bust cycle inherent to it. It has a
0: boom and a bust cycle. It's measured in like a month. Yes. Right. Yes.
4: It's actually more stable than some fiat currencies now. Please yeah, so.
0: fucking say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which fiat, which fiat currencies? I wonder. Is what is <laughs> the Turkish lira, or the British pound? There's there's there's
3: two there's two other moments that I really want to pull out because I think they're hysterical in this movie. One of them is 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 related to this, and it's that the product does not work. Like if you if you've ever tried to use cryptocurrency for anything, you will be familiar with the fact that it does not work very well. No, not and at all. So, in an attempt to try and get it to work, they they do this thing where they have donut lunches at the cafeteria um, at, at Coinbase, and they try and get people to pay for them using Coinbase. They try it, much like uh, Meta and the Metaverse. They try and get people using their own product and you know pay for the donut, pay for the bagel, pay for whatever with the app, and it doesn't work. <laughs> but
0: no, <laughs> yeah. did you did you guys catch what they called this process?
3: Oh yes, they call it dog fooding because this nice non-hierarchical system that's going to
2: democratize finance. Like think of thinks of you as a dog. Um They call it money at the speed of email. But actually, when you send money over the blockchain, you have to wait for a certain amount of the blockchain to verify the transaction so that you know that it can't be undone in like it's 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 out there far enough that it's going to work. And that is not the speed of email. It's actually much slower than email. (laughs) It
4: happens in the movie in the donut process. He's like, he's like, all right, now buy this donut. And he's like. He's like, oh, it's taking a second. He's like, oh, yeah, it'll take a second. He's like, we got to speed this up. And it's like, (laughs) that's the key selling point of Bitcoin. That's your whole point. Is like, we need something that's fast, that has no fees. Of course, we're going to add fees. Uh, and of course, it's not actually fast. And it needs to be anonymous and also totally traceable. Uh, and we're going to comply with law enforcement. The the, the, the,
3: like, the, the, uh, the closest thing to work that we see him do in this whole movie is he tries to buy the donut, mutters to the dev team, oh, this is taken a while, <laughs> takes two steps across the room away from them, and then goes, yeah, I'll send you guys some feedback. And yeah. then just leaves.
0: No, well, no, he actually doesn't leave. A very non-staged interaction happens where I believe a middle-aged black woman comes up to him and basically says... Uh, Mr Armstrong uh this is really going to change the world isn't it and he's like yes I think it will
2: <laughs> I did some reading just before we started about give crypto their initiative that coinbase launched promising to give 1 billion dollars to the developing world uh and saying like this in the movie they mentioned like they want to be able to like launch micro economies using crypto in different parts of the world and really like you know target places like Venezuela where there's a lot of hyperinflation and we'll be able to uh, help them with our charitable organization so they launched this thing with the promise of giving a billion dollars uh, and it seemed the best that anyone or the person writing this article could discover was that so far they've given about three and a half million dollars and that the way they did it was by going onto upwork and offering to pay people thirty dollars to go around and find someone who needs money and then giving them crypto and then teaching them how to turn the crypto back into the money that they actually use so that they can use it to buy things in their economy, like how to convert it back into boulevards, so they can pay their rent or whatever. And then the one guy who got paid $30 to do this And to like take pictures of the people he gave the money to and write a little thing about it, said that after he did it, they he went back to give crypto and they were like, You did a really great job about this, doing this. We want you to do it again. But we can't pay you money this time. Like we can't give you the thirty dollars again. <laughs> what? Do, you want, do you want to just do it for free? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I give crypto has run out of thirty dollars. I'm afraid. If, if, also. You, if,
3: if, you, if you want to talk about this, like these people, who again we've we've said are like billions potentially, billions of times as smart as we are. Um, there's one other example that I want to pull out, which is. So he he pays off his co-founder the 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 guy and we see them like play video games together uh and and the guy says boom headshot even though they're playing Mario Kart it's weird um, <laughs> but 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 so we see we see that they're bros because we see them cooking together and like Brian who clearly has never cooked for himself his entire life
0: or like at least can... not in the last ten
3: years has he touched a fucking pan. No. I I cannot work a pepper grinder. And it's not like a weird, it's not like a giant restaurant pepper grinder. It's like one of the plastic ones that you can get anywhere. And he's holding it upside down and he's just cranking like loose peppercorns onto his own hand. Just like, oh, I can't, I I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Again, we did 27 takes and that was the best one. (laughs) And uh, again, this guy is worth now $2.4 billion. At peak, like $30 billion. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, also i want to bring up my other probably my other favorite part of this movie Uh, honestly like a rose among roses uh which is where they talk to the guy who's the architect who's like so you see the thing about banks is that a bank is an expression of trust you trust that they'll take care of your cash the idea of a of a bank's building is to look like it's protecting your money i was like i "I never never thought
3: that before i thought they just grew that
0: way yeah just naturally occurring, but ba- who would have thought that a building would try to look like what it's doing? Anyway, how come that how come that you Coinbase have this like open tech office with fucking beanbag chairs all over it? What are you <laughs> trying to look? Oh, nothing. You're ideolo- ideology less huh? Only the banks, huh? Crazy. Anyway, yeah. thank you for your time.
3: And uh, so the the and uh, we've talked about this before, but they're like economic freedom libertarians. But they also go to great pains to be like, yeah, you can't do any, like, Silk Road shit because we're tracking every <laughs> transaction. We got this biker guy, he's in charge of security. Check him out. Yeah. Um, we're, we're begging the Democrats to regulate us. That
4: biker guy, he, he turns to the camera and he's like, imagine if the banks could watch every bill in circulation at all points. Like, that's what we do here. We, like, watch every Bitcoin in circulation, how much it moves around, and we- We collaborate with law enforcement. So simultaneously, Bitcoin is anonymous and uncensorable, a way of getting around governments. Mm -hmm. And they collaborate with law enforcement and watch every transaction on the blockchain and have a good relationship with law enforcement. There's like a direct paradox at the heart of their whole project. And that's one of multiple direct paradoxes at the heart of their whole project. Because they want to be the adults in the room. I
0: can't believe they used that phrase that for British people is like... A just it's uh, for people who live in Britain, uh, adults in the room is like a kind of code phrase that just turns you into a foaming maniac. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like I cannot hear that phrase without just being like, fuck, fucking, fucking starving, shit piece of shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, they talk about and and the, right, they also talk about how, um, you know, like they, they bring on fucking Ken Rogoff, the one of the uh, let's say, um, One of uh, economics's many discredited morons. Yeah,
3: yeah, they have a bunch of discredited economists and a couple of tame feds, which is even weirder. They have, like, uh, this former, like, US attorney who's there to say that, like, actually, Bitcoin is good for the federal government.
0: Yeah. Also, it's libertarian and good for the federal government. You know, and I think I actually know what, I have a theory as to what the solution- Libertarian
3: US attorney. (laughs) There is is one other thing, though, that I want to pull out, which is that they interview the director of the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, which is very, very funny because mostly she says nothing, but there's a bit at the end where they're playing this like optimistic music under it. And incidentally, you could make this documentary about a letter grade better by changing all the, the music to a minor key. But <laughs> she says I, in, in the coming months, we're going to see like we're gonna, really going to see crypto blossom. We're going to see the consequences of crypto. I, I really hope they're good. Anyway, yeah. bye forever.
4: <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> I'm, I'm departing this movie now. <laughs> I'm off to my home planet. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that comes to like what I, one of the, the paradoxes I think they have, right? Which they say, well, we're, we're libertarian, but we also want to be regulated. And this is down to what Ken Rogoff says. She says, there's a balance between freedom and state control. And cryptocurrency makes you think about that. And the challenge to regulators is that the bar is moving far pretty fast. And what that is, right? That's a problem statement. And then you're going to throw the problem statement to the people who you're sure are going to figure it out. Right, it's mm. like, wow! This libertarian thing is great because it's libertarian, but also it's completely traceable and very controllable. By, controllable yeah, m- m- by a state.
3: M- m- miss, miss, Mr. Shiny Headman, what's your response? And then we cut to him, and he's like, uh, I don't know, what's he? <laughs> he's, he's like, he's not even
0: jogging. Yeah, he's
3: walking on a, like a jogging trail, like yeah. an absolute
0: freak. <laughs> yeah, just like, um, yeah, just like uh, we asked this scientistian. What? He's
3: not. He's not walking. He's not power walking. He's like in pitched somewhere in between the two. He has a very ungainly, sort of like troubling gait. The the really an an uncanny man.
0: <laughs> so what? Is, what? Is, as we as we sort of come to the third act, right? When he spends most of his time in D.C. just getting like again what kind of a fucking nerd do you have to be to get mogged by Chuck Schumer <laughs> he's he's like
3: walking he's got his like fucking uh private security like armored suburban he's got people like holding the doors from him he's like semi power walking from from private jet to to uh car to hotel room he spends most of his time like doing this disconcerting walking and I'm just thinking you know like he's walking if, if I, by
0: John Lennon. <laughs>
3: Yeah, if, if I saw this guy coming towards me on a hiking trail, I would kill him with a hammer. Literally speaking, I also want to do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no jury would convict me. I really like the guy who was like, I, you know, I was worried that he wasn't going to put on a suit and tie. If you go into these meetings wearing a turtleneck, you know, everyone's going to be so distracted by the <laughs> turtleneck. And but, oh, you know, thankfully he did. He put on a suit and tie. Like he, who. He was able to do it,
3: <laughs> and 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 the main the main thing is that like his main preoccupation is that people don't senators are old, which is true, and they don't understand what crypto is, which is sometimes true. Uh, and, and he's like, whenever we do any crypto shit, we have to like educate them about what crypto is and what its like potential is. And then the 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 footage that they use for this is Liz Warren saying some quite coherent shit about why crypto is bad. Yeah. Where she's just like, well, yeah, sure. the The economy is pretty bad. I don't really trust Wall Street. You know who I also don't trust is a bald guy in California.
0: Well, it's, um, is you know why? Right? Is um, number one, I have a line that I captured from this. That's another like this. This this uh, movie has generated a few things that are rattling around in my head for a while. Boom headshot mm. while playing Mario Kart is certainly one of them. <laughs> um, the yeah, other one yeah. is when he says, "I'm coming to DC. So when in Rome, wear the suit." <laughs> <laughs> yep. that's how the expression goes <laughs> you, you, got, you got it man you, sir, you, I've been put at ease by how regular you it's, are
3: it's, it's also very funny that he's doing this sort of like man of the people act uh, we we see him do this as he pulls his suit out from the suit carrier in the bathroom and next to that is a $420 Prada uh, like bathroom kit <laughs> bag <laughs> thing yeah uh, so he's you know man of the people
4: a standout line here that's like Ever since I watched, again, one of the reasons I wanted to rewatch it is his parents saying, "I, I can't remember if the guy died or not. Um, about, like, a piece of the building that they used oh, to work fuck. in fell yes. off and landed on someone, and it's yeah, just that's... casually, it's like a joke. His dad's like, I can't remember if that guy died or not, and then they just, like, <laughs> move on to <drift> crypto <laughs> shit again.
0: That's so cool. What a cool that's bunch That's meant of to people. be, like,
3: this sort of, like, Horatio Alger thing. It's like, oh man, their, their first office was so bad, it killed a guy possibly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on with the rest of the movie. Yeah, I also really like, the meek will not inherit the NASDAQ. Like, just... <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it, because the end, the climax of the movie, that's then un- undercut by the title cards saying how it all went wrong, was they do their, their IPO, they go public on the NASDAQ, and they have a very, very excitable MD from Goldman there, who is coordinating all of this, and fully in, like, Apollo 18 mode. He's got the, like, white vest on, mm-hmm. he's got the Ed Harris crew cut, and then at the end he kind of, like... Weirdly, like scream yells. There's nothing cryptic about this.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> so awesome.
3: <laughs> and what's really funny is they they then show the two the two guys the two well, the CEO and the 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 guy he kicked out on the couch having gamed. I guess. Yeah. Watching this, and it's the one honest moment we get of them. They hear the guy do this, and they both laugh at him. <laughs> that's that's the only time we actually like get under the skin at all.
0: Yeah, and and then they they cook their they cook the first for the first time in you know ten years. They don't have like yeah. an army of slaves to it. He, he he cooks like two
3: polygons, like chicken breasts. I think those are yeah, they're, they're, they're just shapes really. Um, that they're seasoning them i think just with pepper which is yes, insane upside, upside down it's
4: so cool <laughs> which they almost weren't able to do yeah they,
0: it was a really close run thing there for a while
3: <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they sit out on this on this beautiful patio in a house nicer than any of us will ever be allowed to like live in in our entire lives and just go yeah it's 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 cool that we're still friends and we've learned nothing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We've learned that the
0: world still doesn't understand Bitcoin. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, can you buy a
2: donut with it yet? No. No, you absolutely no. cannot. <laughs> Takes forty-five minutes for the transaction to populate the blockchain. So Um,
4: I actually I used to go to this Bitcoin space here in Vancouver because I had friends there and they had a vending machine where you could buy beers with Bitcoin and it did legitimately take over twenty minutes sometimes for your Bitcoin transaction (laughs) to get through. And actually, I'm a victim of a Bitcoin scam. Um, I was trying to find the details, but in like 2015, um, I ran for MP here as like a hopeless candidate and got like the least votes of anyone in the riding. Uh, But one of the other guys who beat me was like a Bitcoin independent who was like doing all this like utopian kind of shit, and he said at the end of the campaign to me. You're the only candidate I talked to that actually set, disagreed with me. Everyone else, all the mainstream parties are like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, Bitcoin. Uh. And he's like, but you told me that my ideas were bullshit. So I want to give you $20 in Bitcoin. And so he did that at the end of the campaign. I put it in this wallet and then it was one of the wallets that ended up being a scam and I lost it all. It'd probably be, <laughs> it'd be worth like $800 today. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh,
0: you hate this thing. So here, have some of it.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah. it is the
0: That's the weird patronizing attitude that Bitcoin people tend to have. It comes out in the fact that, like, they called their, like, the thing where they're trying to actually get people to use it the dog food session. (laughs) It's where, or, like, when Bitcoin crypto people online will say, like, "Oh, have fun being poor if you're contemptuous of cryptocurrency. Or or even the fact that, like, the idea is, oh, well, no one who is critical of this could possibly understand it. And if they understood it, they wouldn't be critical of it. Um, It's this... uh, and it, I think that, that comes, it, it's so fucking patronizing. And it's just, but it, it's being patronized to by by these fucking lizards who run <laughs> the thing is very irksome. Um, the last thing to note, right, is that what Coinbase, oh, just to go back to the beginning, right? What Coinbase actually sells is it's selling lottery tickets for people who <sighs> think that they're in early enough that they can unload this for more money onto a dupe down the line. Whether yeah, not, the dumb money machine. Yeah, it's the dumb money machine, and so like the it, all of the money that it makes, it's it's revenue or everything, it's directly correlated to the Bitcoin price because it's just how much people are gambling on it. Yeah, and how, the, how's the Bitcoin price and, doing and, right now, Riley? Right? Like, average Bitcoin purchase right was over fifty thousand dollars in terms of like individual people buying, which means hmm. that m- almost everyone who invested in cryptocurrency has lost money. Oh yeah, yeah like 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 a, an infinitesimally small number of people have made uh, any any well, any amount we get, of money. we get
3: to hear from one of the like bitcoin hype men who's like every time it crashes i hear from people going oh i lost i've lost everything my life isn't worth living but bro just stick with it it gets higher again let, yeah, me, show, yeah,
1: let, me, let me show you the graph yeah it gets better yeah <laughs> the graph is so funny i love the
4: graph um that, it, it reminds okay. me Nos is in the movie yeah, he is for like two minutes phoning it in. Hip hop legend Nas encourages everyone yeah. to put all of their savings into Bitcoin before the crash. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah i I should, and that's right. It's it comes back round to they think this the, the idea that yeah, this is at best right. This is not a sort of god of the economy. He's kind of an Al engine in a gold rush, right? Mm. He's he's a guy who he's an Al engine made like of of, of a, a favorable vaudeville about himself and his like you know selling shit to the people in deadwood
3: yeah but crucially also if al swearingen was a pussy
0: <laughs> yeah it's a <laughs> pussy version of al swearingen
4: <laughs> i was i was trying to think of a metaphor for like the, the a comparison to, to what he is because yeah he's just sitting there while the price is going up and he happens to get rich because the price got up because of this complex confidence game beyond him and i was trying to think of like some Financial metaphor, and there, there, nothing is as useless as Bitcoin that I can compare it to. So it's like this is actually the metaphor we're going to use in the future for future scams. Uh, We just have to wait for this to all play out.
0: Well, I think it's that of like the what I found so interesting about like looking at the crypto economy, sort of watching the entire crypto economy um, sort of come into being and then blossom. Right? It's that. All of the decentralized finance stuff, right? All of those tokenomics, whatever, was just meant to create transactions to increase the value of Bitcoin. Because all of that borrowing, right? The vast majority of it was done against Bitcoin holdings or like Bitcoin holdings that were used to anchor stable coins. And those stable coins go into this financial system that we use to buy more Bitcoins and print more stable coins, whatever. It's that Bitcoin, and I've I've said this before and I'll say it again Bitcoin was for this era of speculation entirely enclosed in this cryptocurrency model it was florida real estate in 2007 that's the value of the thing they were pumping that was
3: and they and they they cite that as an example of why bitcoin is good is like oh i I know a lot of people who like lost the house in 2008 yeah and it's like therefore i decided to help people lose the house in 2022
0: yeah well what what if they weren't accidentally housed for at least a little while (laughs) What if if we could do the Florida mortgage bubble, but without all of that annoying housing that happened? What
3: what if the, like, luckiest dozen of them all got infinity houses and then everyone else remained homeless?
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So this is but this this, it's just it's such a strange film, but it's um, I found it was it was so weird to just like watch all of these people trying to be regular but they've just whole lives have been about being completely insulated from everything else where they can't see beyond their tidy little model
3: I hate them I hated them I really (laughs) didn't enjoy watching them
4: I just remember the funniest thing about the movie is when something goes bad early on and he's like I felt really depressed and there's like a picture of him at his computer in his pajamas <laughs> that really cracked me up but then later in the movie he's like it's the best day of my life and it showed him in his pajamas again except now in the office surrounded by people he's just <laughs> like, like, he's like me wearing, for real
1: yeah. like <laughs> he's, so cool. he's wearing
4: his footsie pajamas on the best day of his life yeah. and the lowest day of his life that mm. duality again why I had to re-watch it you know a coin has two sides
1: it's also like what makes what the film really weird to watch in some ways because it's like i think you're completely right in the like in sort of saying that this is kind of a film about someone who's desperately trying to be relatable and desperately trying to like convince people and like for whatever reason that like cryptocurrency is still kind of a viable uh economy and like it's worth sort of supporting and investing in and like whatever um but like most of the content that you sort of see that are doing this you'll find and this is the thing like when i watch this film initially I was like, this is kind of just like an extended YouTube video that kind of shows up in my feed every so often where you have these like finance guys, these crypto guys or whatever, who are basically kind of like making the same arguments and uh, you know, they're able to sort of like game like whatever platform they're on because, you know, they just use the money that they have to massively ramp up their production value and like make needlessly like cinematic content about why like, you know, Bitcoin is actually like the best long term bet. Like this was really just an extended version of some of those youtube videos but like the difference between that and this film is that while they kind of like have full control over like the narrative and how it's structured and everything it doesn't to me it doesn't sort of make sense why this guy let other people film him like i don't know that's like a really basic (laughs) critique but it's like but it's like if he's trying to make a recruitment video then like why don't you sort of do that Entirely in-house and actually make yourself look cool like or hire like an advertising guy who can make you look somewhat like cool, right? Yep. Uh, I, you I, I, I be- just think
3: he's like resistant to coolness. We see his yeah. PR in Washington like <laughs> try multiple times to get him to say something cool and he just yeah. refuses to do but it. What it's like, this
1: guy doesn't understand so he's like, and this is where I'm like, okay, I'm sold in the sense that he's trying to be relatable, but because he's so strange and because he's so insular and because he's so, he's been like embedded in the cryptocurrency. Community for so long that he doesn't know what it's like to have a conversation with a normal person. Like his thinking about, oh, what defines relatability? It's like, well, it's if I never make a human mistake, but I look like an oaf every time, like, I walk or try to mm-hmm. like use a kitchen appliance or like try, you know, even that conversation where he has with the employee where it's, I imagine that is is still in there because like, Oh, we want to like show that he's kind of like, you know, relatable to his, like he, he's nice to his employees and like, you know, everyone's like a team there and all that stuff. But the impression that I got when I watched that scene was like, he's sort of like looking down on her in some ways, or at least kind mm-hmm. of like the, his body language is kind of suggests that he doesn't actually want to be there and that this was sort of like an awkward conversation someone came up to him he didn't really want to have it and he's now been forced to not only have this awkward conversation but because he knows a cameras in front of him he's like trying to actually show that he's really enthusiastic to talk to everyone at like you know uh everyone at um whatever level in his company which clearly he is not mm-hmm. um and that sort of seems, this is the thing it's just like okay i i like it's just a really weird and kind of surprising um decision to like not just do what other crypto guys do and just do your own
4: youtube content
0: well
1: you know what that's ha- what happens when you believe in yourself that
0: much
4: maybe yeah Yeah, Yeah, I think that's it. He really thinks that he comes off well. He thinks that this is an inspiring and cool story that is going to make, you know, young kids are going to look up to him and know they can be CEOs someday. And they're going to know that, The blockchain is going to transform the future. Any day now, next week, first it's going to make us all wildly rich. And then in the future, it's all going to be utopian and perfect and we're going to help the world. Uh, He really, really thinks that shit's true, uh, which is why he allowed himself to be filmed and presented to the world.
1: But again, the payoff is also never there. So if you think about like the other sort of films within this genre, like the social network ends with like Zuckerberg kind of like losing all his friends but the girl that broke up with him at the beginning of the film like wants to add him on Facebook or something right or like shows up in his Facebook friendship requests uh, in the Wolf of Wall Street uh, Jordan I can't remember his second name like Belfort get, Belfort gets out of prison and like is shown to still be the man and everyone kind of wants to like you know sell him pens and stuff like that um, all like most of the films it sort of shows that like however insane the person got and however over like over their head they got ultimately not only were they fine but they showed actually like they ended up stronger because they are like special people in this film it ends with him failures it's like yeah the company fucking sucks he had to like <laughs> fired like nearly a quarter of his staff um but he still believes in the project and this is kind of like why why had those why had the why had those I, I i don't know man this was like yep. it was very these are very confusing confusing editorial decisions mm. uh Guys, I know he He
3: looks like a malfunctioning
4: robot. I hate him so much. Uh,
0: What? 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 Any? Any final thoughts from the wrong boys here?
4: Every pitch he has for what makes Bitcoin good, uh, regular money is better for, or the Coinbase platform specifically precludes. Um, That's like I think a key observation about what's going on here.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think that the reason that they, for this weird tension in the movie is that there's, like, a lot of things they wanted to acknowledge, like, the Black Lives Matter thing or, like, this hacking team thing where they acquired a company that had done some horrible things. Uh They, they want to uh, show that, like, yes, we understand that these were problems, these were issues, but, like, it's like to... But but at the same time, not really get to the root of any of these things. There's There's this weird tension between, like, half acknowledging things or, like, talking about it, but then not really getting into it. It feels like they wanted this to be, like, a really, at least to look like it's a really honest portrayal of, like... the 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 dirty underside but still the like shining gleaming core of this optimistic future that they're reaching towards but Mm. they just really didn't stick the balance of like getting all those different elements to to play together nicely and money at the speed of email isn't a very appealing pitch Mm. in general but it also we already have that like i can send e-transfers from my bank faster than i can send bitcoin because i don't have to buy bitcoin first yeah. and wait for it to populate the blockchain
3: the whole the whole time they're they're pitching sort of like what if we decentralise this to make it more efficient i'm like i have a radical idea what if we centralize it too much <laughs> (laughs) What if we centralise it, like, a lot more than it's currently centralised? Like, by this point, I came out of this movie thinking there should be one money. It should be one coin. They keep it in the central bank. You get to, like, fist fight over it. And whoever has the coin has all of the money. (laughs) Yeah, it's the big nickel in Sudbury. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, think about it in, like, cybernetics terms. That's a system with very little variety. And I think that's what we need right now.
0: I mean, the other thing is, right, it's weird, right, where in defense... In, in looking at fake utopias, it's very easy to like be like, well, no, that's definitely in fact, money is much better than this when actually what they're solving is they're solving a whole bunch of problems that just deepen what's bad about how money works. All right? It's not like money is incredible. Money's not amazing. You know, it's useful as a store of value, but you know, hey, um, could there be other ways to communicate? Ah, uh, to communicate supply and demand in the economy. I mean, as you mentioned, right, Stafford Beer. There certainly have been attempts to do that without the price signal. Um, oh, sure, you can even yeah. do it on a computer if you're feeling nerdy. Yeah, you know, right. And so, but it's but to just look at the fake utopia, you can just understand like, no, 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 no. This is just more disruption and shock to centralize more money, up, more power uh, up and in the already powerful. So it's always you're remembering, it's not that the system we have is good, it's that all of these utopias are just attempts to make it worse, or all of the, these types of utopias, these fake ones, if you get my meaning. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, we have gone f- pretty far over time, but uh, fellas, I want to say, thank you so much for calling in today from sunny Vancouver. Yeah, our pleasure. This is a lot of
4: fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. you having us on. He, uh, he's <laughs> lost more money than I'll ever have In the last 12 months Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: well, hey you know what Invest in the next speculative asset bubble <laughs> It's only gonna go up Yeah, It's gonna go up again Rem- be patient Remember the graph right Going <laughs> go down further just means going up further um, That's right And uh, uh, also to remind everyone If you have Means TV or if you don't Have Means TV consider getting Means TV And checking out Papa and Boy A um a a, a fun series uh, by YouTube.
2: Yeah, and the first episode is free on YouTube, too. So if you want to check it out, uh, go to the Means TV YouTube channel, first episode up there, and you can decide whether you like it or not. And there will be a link in the description of this episode. Um,
0: And by the time this comes out, this is going to be Tuesday, we are unlikely to have tickets in Brisbane, might have tickets in Sydney, and... Definitely, will still have tickets in Canberra because I'll explain. There was a there was two venues in Canberra there that, that are owned by the same company, a small one and a very big one. We have now sold more tickets than the small one, which has now put me in a blind panic that we've been upsized into the very big one indeed. Uh, so, yeah. So
3: just uh, you know, show up,
0: bring as many of your friends as you can, grab snake. them off the street. I see yeah. we will
1: have snakes. Bring your snake. yeah,
0: bring your snake, bring your spider. Uh, Hustle people in off the street. Tell them it's a Bitcoin education center. Who knows? Uh, So, Australians, we will see you soon. Uh, To my beloved co-hosts and our uh, wonderful listeners, we'll see you all uh, in a couple of days. And to remind you, of course, we have a Patreon. It's $5 a month. Uh, You can get a second episode every week. You know the drill, uh, because this was a free episode. So... All that being said, thank you. Oh, let me you. just get yeah. this one out of the way right now. It's the free one. I really thought I'd get through a whole episode without <laughs> that fucking nonsense. So, just to say <laughs> once again, wrong voice, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you. Co hosts, thank you. Australians, see you soon. And we'll catch you on the bonus. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.